Words and Nerds presents Publishing Insider. Thank you for listening to the Words and Nerds podcast. You're listening to the new Publishing Insider spin-off series where we talk to publishing insiders to give you an in-depth insight into the secret business of publishing. We are your hosts for this series, Danny V and author Adrian Beck. Yes. Hello, everyone. We've got Wakefield Press joining us for this episode. Now, Wakefield Press is a publishing company based in Adelaide. Their motto is, we love good stories and publish beautiful books. And for over 30 years, they've been renowned for the quality of their design and production. They publish around 40 titles a year on a diverse range of topics, including literary and popular fiction, young adult fiction, history, biography, art, poetry, food, wine, the environment, education, and true life, ordinary people, in extraordinary situations. They do it all at Wakefield. And joining us today is Michael Bolan, who's the director, 30 years running with Wakefield. Uh, Joe Case, the publisher, she's focusing on creative and nonfiction and YA. And also we've got Poppy Nuosu, who's the marketing coordinator as well. Welcome to the Publishing Insider podcast. Hello. <laughs> Thank you for having us. <laughs> It's lovely to have you all on because we're going to get three very good perspectives, I think, today. So we might start by asking you what your actual role is. I mean, Adrian mentioned your title, but what is your role? Michael, shall we start with you? Yeah. All right. I often wonder whether, um, well, as as Adrian said, my one title is director. I'm also a publisher um, and we're a small company of about uh, 10, 11, 12 people. So a lot of my work is as really as a linchpin, uh, sort of leading from behind, answering questions. Sometimes I think my main job is being an email answering machine. Um, <laughs> but really, I, I, I guess, and, I've, and as, as, as uh, Adrian was kind enough to say, I've been doing this for 30 odd years, 32 I think now, at Wakefield. And really my main focus, I suppose, as a small organisation as we remain is to keep driving forward, is to always keep things happening and going in the various areas because we're unusually for a small publisher, we're not only the producer and marketer of the books but we're also our own distributor as well. We work in, um, at our own risk as a publisher and our own investment we do some commissioned work. We work a lot with galleries and museums and so on. So, you know, a lot of my work is really keeping keeping things together, I think, you know, because I've been here for 30 years, but not many people stay that long, <laughs> even, though, even though we have, you know, I, I, love, I love what we've always had, which is a mixture of veterans, um, which, of course, I sadly am now, and... Um, and people learning and newcomers and you know I think the mix is terrific and there's a lot of um, sharing of, of knowledge each way and a bit of shouting and that sort of thing. Oh I love that. <laughs> need to hear more in, about in that. Any, in, any, in any good book there's a there's a Barney, you know, in any somewhere along the line. So right. it just means you're passionate, yeah. right? Passionate hey. about the product. That's hey. right. Well, love it. Sorry. <laughs> I think Michael, Michael just slammed something on the desk to make his yeah, points yeah. at that. So <laughs> passionate. He's terrifying yeah. us. <laughs> uh, well, we'll give Michael a chance just to just to calm down. Joe, what about you? If we turn to you, how would you describe your role at Wakefield? Uh, 
Well, look, it's a bit of a work in progress, my role at Wakefield. <laughs> um, but I, um, I'm actually associate publisher. Um, I, I should, in front of Michael, like reiterate that. Um, <laughs> he is still our main publisher. Um, and I'm uh, responsible for the YA list. Um, I started in that role last year um, when our founding YA publisher or, or founding publisher of the YA list anyway, Margot Lloyd, um, moved on to, to Queensland and UQP. Um, so, yeah, I'm... I'm but you worked at Wakefield since you are a teenager. I have. <laughs> no, I was 20, Michael, so technically... 20, I'm a teenager. Yeah. <laughs> And what did you, what did you, yeah, that's right. What did you start as? What was the entry-level position? Um, shit kicker. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when, I was, uh, when I was at uni, um, I worked in a bookshop part-time and I was thinking about what I wanted to do with my communications degree and I just was like the reps would come in and I thought, oh, publishing is a thing. It's a, a business. Um, so I wrote to all the publishers in the phone book, most of which were actually printers because I really didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> and I wrote a letter that Michael pulled out after I'd been working there for a year when I was 20 that was like, I will do any job, however menial, asking for work experience. <laughs> so that probably, that must have appealed. <laughs> Great. So, yeah, when I worked there, um, so I worked there for about 18 months then and then I moved to Melbourne. Um, and when I worked there then I was doing mainly doing marketing stuff. But, you know, you're always in a small publisher, do little bits of different things. Mm. And um, I moved back here about three years ago. And I wrote to Michael or rang Michael, I can't remember, and said, do you have a job? I'm still willing to do all the menial tasks. <laughs> right. yeah. A bit less willing and they know that <laughs> Bestella he could... 20 years in between them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Michael still has that original letter saying, you said you do everything. <laughs> <laughs> no, he doesn't. So that means he can't make me do everything. I'm up. I'm up. But, yeah, when I came back to Wakefield three years ago, I was really just um, helping with marketing and then helping with marketing and publicity and um, then, uh, yeah, in charge of marketing and publicity and I've kind of stepped back from the publicity um, more recently and um but and mostly focusing on publishing and editing but we all do bits and pieces of different things interesting and all bookie jobs in melbourne you were a bookie you were a bookie jo yeah. jo were you? <laughs> no not quite a bookie <laughs> I, I i did once do an anti-gambling report oh okay <laughs> So I was wow. never a bookie. It's taking a bit of a, going on a bit of a tangent. It's so. going very weird. Let's hear from Poppy about what she does. Poppy, Poppy what do you do? Wakefield. Uh, so I'm, I'm the newbie. So I think I've been working at Wakefield for a year and a half, I think now, which feels like crazy. It feels like it was much less time than that, I think. Um, so yeah, I hadn't worked in publishing or anything before this, so I feel very lucky to have got this job. I'm not just saying that because I'm on this podcast with my two bosses. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, so yeah, I work in marketing when I first started, um, Joe was kind of still working in marketing a lot. Um, so it's been a kind of a steep learning curve for me, but it's been really interesting and I kind of, um, I guess one of my main jobs is putting together our flyers for all the upcoming new releases. So this is at the point when 
the books don't really exist yet. So it's kind of like, you know, running around the office and collating all the information, like getting the cover images and how many pages they are and stuff like that. And then, um, you know, printing them out and sending them to the reps and um, sending a lot of emails, like a lot of emails all the time. <laughs> I feel like I'm drowning in my inbox. Mm. And um, yeah, just a lot of back and forth with authors and trying to organize, um, you know, interviews and just different things like that, sending out review copies. So, And you're an author yourself, Poppy. So you now you've got the whole sort of oversight yeah. of everything that goes on from beginning to end. Yeah, so... Um, yeah, so I'm a YA author. I've got um, young adult novels out, and it's been such an interesting kind of thing. I think to get that insight and kind of see the other side of the fence, um, to understand a lot more about how it all really works. And I think, um, I think for me, I don't know. It's been a really, really good thing. Just to, ah, I think okay. it gives you a lot of perspective. Like yeah. I don't know if you write a book, you might take a year or. 10 years to write a book but then you work in publishing and you're like oh 10 new books out right now so just yeah I don't know it kind of just gives me more perspective about I don't know my place and things I suppose in a good way <laughs> uh, a bit of perspective that can't be a bad thing now I might turn to Michael for the, this question because you've mentioned that it's a small company and everyone sounds like they do they're a bit of a jack of all trades at times when it's when it's required so what are the challenges and what are the opportunities of being a small publishing company yeah, it's an interesting question. And and also from Adelaide, so not from um, mm. Sydney or Melbourne. From Adelaide. From Adelaide, from Adelaide, yeah. <laughs> so um, challenges are pretty obvious, I guess, is really getting heard, getting, you know, we don't have the, the, the vast marketing budgets um, that a big publisher might have for particular books they might have. On the other hand, um, we, we work with not only local authors, but quite a lot and also we I think we're able to be uh, perhaps more easily approached more easy to to get hold of um, and you know we're big enough and been around long enough so that the, the the shops will take notice I think we're through we've as you said before and I think it's true we've built up uh, a reputation for being um, good for our production standards and editorial standards being being good and for paying attention and caring for, for our books. Um, uh, so, you know, you, you can get heard. It doesn't help. It, it, there's a lot of ways it doesn't help to be from Adelaide because you're not in the thick of the, particularly the Melbourne scene, even though I often think that really we should merge with Victoria uh, <laughs> and South Australia. We've got the gold, we've got the uranium. But the, um, <laughs> um, we'll put it to the premiers. We'll get them together. And see <laughs> no, one wants, well, no one wants Sydney. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, <laughs> different state he wants to merge with every few months. It's been WA. It's been well, Melbourne's just together. closer. We're warmer. A bit warmer. I'm warmer. moving. I really like the cheese in Adelaide, so I'm coming. Come. Join us. <laughs> improving. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, I, overall, it's a good thing. I think. I mean, in a, in a way, you know, we get to work um, with uh, the, you know the the Museum of South Australia or the, or the galleries, and I love doing art books as well, and 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 cultural books, and you know, anthropological exploration, and you know, it's it's perhaps a bit easier to be known and to know and to know everybody, and a lot of brilliant people are working in various fields mm. here. 
but also, you know, we can still develop as Joe is working on and as Poppy's a star of, you know, a, a series. I can remember we did a series of classic Australian crime fiction. I think it was probably last century, actually, mm-hmm. um, which which went really well and sold, sold rights all over the world. Now, the, with the young adult, you know, it's lovely to have another series moving and Joe really putting in, Poppy really putting in, putting in the, the, the time and the reading and the effort and the excitement, you know, that can go with that. As well as we have something that I love, which is a history series, which is, you know, largely but not entirely South Australian. So somebody, Jeff Page, a, a reviewer, well-known literary figure in the Canberra Times, said something really nice the other day in the newspaper. He said, um, I can remember what he said, Wakefield Press is precisely the sort of publisher any people would want outside the outside of Sydney or Melbourne. Mm. Mm-hmm. Largely local but entirely national or something mm-hmm. like that. Sort of oh, I like that description. That I'd put in front of South Australian grants bodies to try and <laughs> encourage them. But, uh, yeah. Also, because we're, when I say we're small, we do a lot more in-house, as I said before. So we have a, a warehouse, small warehouse. We have, we're doing all that. But sometimes it's too much, you know, especially when people become key figures quite quickly and then someone disappears and a lot of knowledge disappears. And then suddenly I'm asked nothing. Like, I should know that. Shall I pretend to make an answer? I might stuff everything. <laughs> and that's well, why you've you know, got Joe. You say, production. Joe? We don't, we don't um, uh, what do you call it, um, send out, um, freelance out much of the typesetting. Designers, we really work with two main ones, and two or three main people who are freelancing, but one is my wife, Liz, a genius, who's, who's really part of Wakefield as much as anything, um, uh, you know, who's on staff more or less. Uh, and is working a guts out, you know, to get them going. So, you, so you've got that 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 feeling of we're making we're making things in here rather than everything going out one place or the other. And I love out. that. And you've also um, got the Adelaide Festival Awards for an unpublished manuscript, and the winner receives ten thousand dollars and a published manuscript. Tell Ooh. us about that. That's amazing. Yeah. Well, that's thanks to Art South Australia. Although, yeah, I, I, I we cooked it up. 20, 25 years ago or something. And they and do you guys do all the judging, all three of you? No, no. Well, I mean, I think, you know, you didn't want to be too close in the judging. So, okay. there's, so there's two who are not involved at Wakefield, you know, two other judges, literary mm-hmm. figures, mm-hmm. And, and one from Wakefield generally in the mm-hmm. judging. Um, mm. But and it, that some stage we made it open to everybody. Some stage we made it uh, only for non-fiction for a while, I remember. But it's always worked best when we've said it's it's a, it's a South Australian award, so it's for South South Australian writers. It might be South Australian themes. I can't quite remember, but um, uh, you know, the South Australian writer doesn't have to be writing South Australian themes. But but um, so yeah, it works well, and we try to. And one good thing is it's it's a way of getting manuscript read. Speaking of getting the manuscripts read, if we move away specifically from that uh, that fantastic uh, competition. Um, I'm wondering about the slush pile in general, and I don't know. Maybe, uh, maybe Joe's got some tips here for how to uh, how to get your way out of the slush pile and right up to the top of the best-selling list. Um, what are you looking for? What's the criteria? And do you have any tips, particularly for those South Australians that are listening, but for anyone who might want to get involved? 
<laughs> well, I have to say, at the moment, we're managing the slush pile by directing people to the um, Adelaide Festival. Smart, smart. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a bonus for the people who are submitting because they're in the running for $10,000 and it's good for us because we're putting all our resources into one place. Um, and they and- know they'll get read. And they'll get read, exactly, and properly assessed, like Michael said. And we've actually, we've discovered a lot of books through that manuscript award, not just books that have won either, but also books that have been shortlisted. Um, For instance, Poppy's book, um, Poppy's first book, Making Friends with Alice Dyson, um, Margot was judging the um, manuscript award then and she absolutely fell in love with that manuscript and just she apparently literally chased Poppy at the ceremony to ask (laughs) her if she would um, sign the book with us. (laughs) So um, and then last year um, the last awards um, uh, Carol Lefebvre who is a terrific South Australian writer who had published a a non-fiction book with us a while ago and has published a couple of novellas through Spin Effects that have been really well. Yeah, she she submitted a book to um, that that was shortlisted for the award, and we'll we've picked that up for publication um, as well. So, yeah, sorry, that's just to return to that a bit, but um, that also answered your question. Um, I guess in ter- <laughs> in terms of standing out on the slush pile, I guess I mean this is going to sound really self evident, but I, I really do think that. Um, checking over your work and making sure it's the very best that it can be and not submitting until you are sure that your work is actually ready to submit is a really good tip because people are only ever going to see your manuscript for the first time once and if you it's very hard to get people to look at it for a second time um and so you've got this one opportunity to make an impression so i would say hold on your onto your manuscript until you're certain that that first impression is is going to um, is going to be a good one, <laughs> um, or the be- the best that it can be. Um, it doesn't mean that your work has to be a hundred percent perfect because you know you'll be working with an editor to um, to make it better. But um, it has to be. I think it should be that you've taken it to the furthest point that you can. Um, also, again, will sound self evident, but you know, give it a good proofread. <laughs> Um, you know, make sure that it's, um, it's, you know, it's tight and it's not riddled with mistakes. Um, I would say if you're submitting to a publisher, check out, the pub- make sure you know the publisher's list um, so that you're submitting something that actually might fit their list. Otherwise, you're wasting your time. Um, if there's, if you're writing a, if there's a cover letter, it's nice to actually say something about why you think your book might fit their list and show some kind of familiarity with the list. Um, also like go to that publisher's website and find out if they're taking submissions. Again, you'll waste your time if you send something in and they're not and take a really good look at what their guidelines are for submissions and make sure you follow them because there are so many submissions that people are looking at at any time, um, and I think it's they're looking for reasons sometimes to to not you know to not read something in full. And so if you're not following those guidelines, um, then that's a really good that's a good way to just take yourself out of the running. So, mm, yeah. And I guess I would also say if there's if um, publishers are asking you for a synopsis, really work on that too and make sure it's as good as it can be because that's what will lead the publisher into actually wanting to read your manuscript. Mm. 
there's some great tips there. So some excellent tips. Um, probably goes across the board for wherever you're submitting, but particularly yeah. Wakefield. Um, sometimes what I like to do is I like to spray my submissions with cologne and put a bit of glitter <laughs> in the envelope and some chocolates and things. Like Joe, would you say that's a good thing or? Would... <laughs> I really don't know about the cologne. That, right. could, that could really work <laughs> but, against But chocolates and glitter? Chocolate <laughs> sounds awesome. Okay. Okay. That's I'm just writing that. this down. Okay. <laughs> but actually, like seriously, I would not, I, I would actually go away from gimmicks with putting in a submission because, again, that can like could go against you. You don't know what the taste <laughs> of the person who's reading it is. Right. Like just having it simple, plain, let the writing speak for itself, I think is best. I don't know if Michael. Not a scratch and sniff manuscript. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. It sounds intriguing, but maybe not. It does. (laughs) No crazy fonts. Yeah. Do you get crazy fonts? Yeah, sometimes, and usually they're not the best manuscripts. Wow, 50,000 words in wingdings. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that would be interesting. (laughs) But no. (laughs) And actually, I just picked up on something Michael said before. with how we're different I when I looking at what I was doing something with other publishers um at the beginning of the year I can't remember what it was and when people were talking about how they went about their day I think one thing that's um quite different here as well also is that we edit a lot of the stuff in-house like Michael was saying don't freelance things out but like in my job so far I've edited everyone who I'm publishing as well and I think Mm -hmm. that's quite rare these days um and it's very satisfying you would have a direct bond with the uh the author but also the story i'd imagine as well yeah and i guess you take something on because you have an idea about where it will fit and how it will develop and you know where you see it going and it's quite nice to then be working hands-on with the author to get into Mm. that and you're not the only publisher who said that they like to take ownership and oversight of the whole work because you know they really want to immerse themselves in it so i really like that yeah poppy we've chosen the book it's come out of the slush pile (laughs) it's it's looking beautiful it's ready to go out how do you make people read it and buy it and put it in bookshops yeah that's that's the question (laughs) isn't it (laughs) (laughs) um yeah i guess it's it is really hard you know it's a lot of sending out a lot of different pitches that you may or may not hear back from so I think it kind of ends up being just as much work as you can put into it without really knowing what you're going to get back I think um, which can be kind of hard sometimes I think you know um, I send out a lot of copies like review copies we have you know a big contacts list and a lot of it is sending out to to places that we really really hope that they might choose to read it and they might choose to commission a review or that it might get somewhere and of course sometimes it does but um you know a lot of times you you don't hear back and you've sent the book out and then that's as far as that goes which so I don't know it's um it's you know like I said it's sort of a new job to me and it's just this rolling thing of just trying and trying and trying and sometimes you get some success and I don't know and then yeah you just kind of never know what kind of book is going to uh, 
uh, I guess, you know, get a little bit of attention or not. Sometimes you have a book that you think is really, really cool and you send it out and you kind of don't hear anything and you kind of like, oh, I thought this one was, you know, had a really good hook or was really interesting or had great, you know, pictures for a feature or something like that. And yeah, you just don't know. So yeah, you just keep trying, I guess. <laughs> in that um, in that cover letter, would it be an advantage to, if, uh, if you thought you had a little angle, if you had a publicity hook, would it be an advantage to mention that? Like if you write a book about, if you're a fire uh, fighter and you write a book about, um, you know, something along those lines and, you know, you could you could go on telly and you could put out fires and do all sorts of amazing things. Would it be worth mentioning that in the cover letter or do you prefer people to let the actual work speak for itself? No, I definitely mentioned that. <laughs> Any firefighters out there who are also authors? <laughs> and a guy talking in a rights um, meeting uh, uh, webinar the other day it's exactly and I was so pleased he said the first question is why this book right and um, and I think you know of course you know you must I mean without a, most people can smell you know um, uh, bullshit you know like if, if someone's just making something up or I am you know the great phrase of I feel confident that nine million people will buy this book because um, Russia's in the news, you know, or something like that isn't going to work. But if you can actually um, materially say, especially in, with nonfiction, fiction I think is is harder for that. It, perhaps a bit different with genre fiction, but, gen but literary fiction certainly is harder to to actually pinpoint. But if, but you know, if if yeah, you've got to say those things. You've got to t you've got to tell those people without trying to blow your trumpet too hard. Why you think who you. Who you think will want to read this book and why? Yeah, and and yeah. And, and what you can guarantee almost, you know, or what, you know, because it's always a rule that any publisher will say, well, think of the number of copies of a book you think you're going are going to sell and divide it by three or something like that. <laughs> In the case of nine million, maybe a few more. Yeah, that's, that's three million. That's still pretty good. I'd uh, I'd be signing up that author. Um, but speaking of authors, Michael, you uh, as we know, you've been there thirty years. Obviously, oh. you would have seen a few authors come and go in your time. But what I'm wondering is, you've you've met all these authors, and a lot of them, uh, I'm sure, would have stayed with you for many of those years. Is there something that defines a Wakefield author? Well, we're pretty eclectic. No, and part of part of I think the 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 joy, the pleasure, you know, I like hearing people's stories as well as reading them. And, you know, you, you do get to meet all sorts, you know, and, mm -hmm. and people from all different, you know, I'd like to be more, you always want to be more diverse if you can. Uh, it's just interesting that way. And it's the future, you know, so um, I'm not sure that I could define one, you know, it depends on the mood <laughs> at the mm -hmm. moment, I suppose, but I don't think I could define your typical Wakefield author, because a little bit, because some people say to me, you know, um, you know, you Wakefield publishes X, it might be Young Adder, or it might be your only publishing history, or you only publish South Australiana, or you only publish art or something, because, you know, as we know, we all read in grooves, or, you know, all tend to live in bubbles and echo chambers to whatever degree. You only publish poetry, so, you know, some people say, which we actually do publish poetry as well. But, uh, you know, one of the things, sometimes I think, you know, why didn't I stick in a groove, you know, publish macrame or golf or only <laughs> a specialist publisher in one of those fields? Probably would have, um, you know, been more um, financially successful. But, you know, you think those things come and go. So it's always good to be able to operate. And um, 
something like John probably were both sort of hinting at it's, you know, who's leading the way? Well, it's also sort of leading the way in a way. I mean, we like to drive and like to be receptive, but we want to hear ideas and feed ideas. So, yeah, it's, uh, I don't think I could say a typical one, except when I'm in a bad mood. What I'm hearing, Michael, is that variety is the spice of life when it comes to uh, Wakefield. Uh, so. Yeah, we're all fun. New tagline for Wakefield Press. I, I think that part of, like, I mean, Michael's obviously absolutely right that there is no typical Wakefield author, but it is a little bit driven, I think, also by, by interests of people who are working there to some extent in that, like, Michael is... Sure hugely interested in not just history is a great thing for a local South Australian publisher to publish, but Michael was massively interested in history as well. Like you ask him what he's been reading on the weekend and it's very often like I've been reading this big Russian history or something <laughs> just for fun. Um, and, you know, like as Michael mentioned, his wife Liz is an amazing designer and so we publish a lot of these books that have a, a, a visual art element um or uh, you know these illustrated books partly because we've got liz there who i mean i imagine michael you can contradict me if i'm wrong there but partly because we have liz there who who just is so good at, at producing yeah, them um, me, had a lot of institute a lot of that into the whole business yeah yeah, yeah. Mm. and then for um you know what i'm looking at um i think I'm interested in creative nonfiction, um, partly because that's something that I really love to read. And once upon a time, uh, many years ago, I published a memoir. Um, so, and I've taught memoir classes. So I feel like that's something that I know, I know what is working or what I can see working when I see it out there as well. Um, and then in the YA area, Poppy and I were actually talking yesterday, um, just, I don't know, just having one of our chats about, <laughs> uh, about you know, what we publish in general and just we're kind of thinking about what what, what some of our, what I look for when I'm looking at a YA book or what some of our books have in common. And I think that voice is, is I mean, obviously that sounds like such a, I mean, everyone looks for voice, but I think a voice that has humour and character um, is something that a lot of uh, YA books that we've acquired have and something that I really love. And I also love it when they have, like, draw on pop culture or a playful. So, yeah. Interesting. If you had to say three titles that we should be looking out for in the next couple of months, what would you say? <laughs> That's an interesting one because um, I really love YA and read YA. So obviously I'm going to talk about that. So <laughs> talking about the interest of people who work um, at Wakefield. Um, so I guess I'll plug my own book, which is coming out in <laughs> September. So it's my, my third YA book, um, which is getting published by Wakefield. So it's called Road Tripping with Pearl Nash. So Ooh. I'm very excited about that. I love um, a road trip, Poppy. So make sure <laughs> I interview you again. Big oh, fan of a road that. trip. <laughs> Um, and we've got one by Lisa Walker. So it's uh, the, a second book in her mystery series, which I'm just like, I'm a big fangirl for Lisa Walker. Um, Joe was talking about, you know, funny voice driven, um, which is just what Lisa's books are. So it's called Trouble Is My Business and it's kind of set on um, in Byron and it's very tongue in cheek and very fast paced uh, with a, um, a team PI basically. Um, so it's really, really good fun. So that one's coming out in August. 
Um, and then we have one that I'm super, super excited about, um, which kind of talking about, you know, because we're such a, a small team, we all kind of get, I guess, a little bit more room to move around and try different things as well. So um, last year I was talking to Joe and Michael and um, I kind of pitched an idea for a horror anthology for teens. And, um, you know, on behalf of Wakefield, I applied for a grant and we got it. And just we started approaching, you know, kind of dream list of Australian YA authors and asked them to write short horror stories. And we put together this anthology, which Joe, I think, has just finished editing now or is still kind of at the very last. Last few stories going back to the authors. Yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so it's coming out. It's called Hometown Haunts, um, Love Oz YA Horror Tales. And oh, wow. Yeah, so it's coming out um, ready for Halloween this year. I am keen for that. So excited about (laughs) it. We've got such a good group of authors that are that are in it. And you know, because we obviously approached authors and we said, Hey, do you want to write something for us? And then, you know, one by one by the deadline, everyone sent back their stories. And it's just been the coolest thing to read them. Like they're so good. And I just feel so excited about the project as a whole. I think it's really strong. Just, um, yeah, I love it. Mm, <laughs> so I'm, I'm excited, excited about that, that too. Yeah. <laughs> I'm excited about them all. It sounds fantastic. Uh, well, keep your eye out for all those terrific books um, coming to you from Wakefield Press, obviously, before the end of the year. But before we wrap this up, we need to wrap up our Publishing Insider uh, podcast the way we always do, and that is with a, a uh, an author who has posed a question, uh, slid into Danny's DMs with a question, and we've disguised their voice because sometimes they're hard-hitting. Um, so I hope I'm, I feel like you guys will be able to handle it, but let's see. There's a uh, question here from an anonymous author, and uh, let's see what you guys, how you guys respond to this. I'd love to understand the acquisitions process. Does someone have final say? <laughs> How does the acquisitions process work? Oh, I'm just laughing. So that person sounds like a drunk muppet. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. no judgment. Maybe they were having a good time. We have a lot of drunk muppets listening to this podcast, oh, so there's every chance. <laughs> Love a muppet. Michael, do you want to answer that or do you want... Yeah, it's well. Look, um, in a sense, there's um, probably really there's there's deciding and deciding in different areas, and is uh, Joe, me, and Julia Bevan, another editor at work, helped by Poppy might pitch in, um, and Maddie Sexton is a good reader who works here too, and so I guess like in most. Um, publishing hours or it should be someone, you know, someone's got to really uh, see a good reason, really, really love is often the word used or really want that that book in order to be able to communicate it throughout the, the publishing house. So, you know, Poppy's just done a wonderful sell job on not only her book, <laughs> so, but, <laughs> but the, the YA series as a whole, you know, um, so I need to I need to get people excited about. It. I mean, we've got a book about a little illustrated book about makes of cards um, through the forties to sixties by a well-known Holden author coming out. But he's changed from Holden, so Don Loeffler, best-selling author. Wonderful book coming is a uh, with Joe says I like history, I like culture, cultural history. Um, uh, is a book about Australia's first woman missionary back in the. Um, female missionary back in the uh, 
early part of the 20th century and the relations with Aboriginal Indigenous people and for good and ill, that sort of book, which to, you know, those sort of books always have a life. There's a lot of interest because they write in the sort of time. So I can't really remember the question now, but I'm pretty sure. <laughs> the acquisition. The acquisition's probably, Joe yeah. answered it really. I mean, it's someone's got to go zing. And, you know, you get it wrong all the time. If I, over those 30 years, I could list so many books that I wish I'd published not seen sell really well, you know, so. That's, that's one other thing to take away is that is that is that publishers are always wrong. Like humans are usually wrong, you know. So. But as long, but, as, long as you can be no right use, more than you can be wrong. No use if if, if um, you know it's a bit like we're pitching out um, ideas to Belognia, Belognia Children's Book Festival at the moment. And I see email coming back saying, "Oh yes, I read that, but it didn't grip you, grip me." Okay, we should. We love that book. You know. <laughs> so we, we can we can get a bit of that same feeling that a, mm. that an author can, or you know, to Australian, you know, yeah, right. Australian. You know. Yeah. Not enough. <laughs> so there you go. And Michael, would you be the one that get, does get the final say, or is it a vote, or how does that work? I think I have to generally put my moniker on a publishing contract. Yeah. As because I'm responsible to others as well, you know, the shareholders and so on. But I don't really, um, yeah. So in, in that sense, yes. But I defer certainly in the YA to um, Yeah, I should say for the stuff that um, that I do, generally what happens is that I will read it, and um, sometimes, especially with the YA, I'll often ask Maddie, who um, does a lot of stuff for us and is also a very good reader, to have a bit of a look at it um, and give an opinion. I ask someone to give me another opinion um and you know often like maddie won't read the whole thing but she'll dip into it and and um say something and then often with the ya i'll um often either discuss it with poppy or get her to have a look at it um and then i basically pitch it to michael <laughs> and um yeah it's and much michael easier for me because i'm really bad at saying no to authors i can't <laughs> It feels so bad. And so oh. I can just say no to Joe. Or... Now that's a secret you've let out. <laughs> yeah. Address it to Michael, everyone listening. Address it to Michael. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I kind of like that. I, I kind of like that process because I like the, you know, getting a sense for, I don't like it to be just me, you know, even for the YA stuff. I like to get a sense from other readers and the pitching it to Michael means that I really need to think about, um, why I think it's going to work, not just I love this book and then I need to sell it to him. I need to say this is what it's about and this is, you know, these are the strengths. I also need to say, you know, I, I'll say, oh, but, you know, these are the, these are the, you know, the drawbacks or this is how I would develop it. And I think that that's just, it's a good discipline. It's a good, mm. it's a good way of thinking things through. I think we read a lot of different things mm. that have a lot of, lot of similar taste and, but if you do love books, you can find even if you know true crime or whatever isn't your thing. If it's a if it's a gripping, great true crime, you could see the value in that, even if it's not your favorite genre. I think, and I love your collaborative approach. And I actually think there's so many benefits to a smaller company because you do know each other really well. You know how each other works. You know your community. So I really like that as well. But it's been an absolute joy to speak to three of you because I think we've gotten such a wide variety and scope and perspectives of um, of Wakefield Press. And you know I. I do I love your YA stuff and I've spoken to Poppy and I've spoken to Lisa 
and um, you know, I really enjoy it. So I think you're doing some fabulous work. So thank you so much for your insights and being so candid and honest with us. I think it's been a, a fab insight for uh, authors, aspiring authors, readers, and anyone who's listening. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks, Wakefield Press. You're my favourite South Australian publishers. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.